we spend a lot of time um, as CPAs trying to not necessarily get around it, but reconfigure and re reset up entities or set up a structure that makes sense because you may be doing exactly what we just said, but it was easier to continue to get a W-2 when all we have to do is switch you to a 1099, drop those hours and do something else. And now we've, we've turned around and we can deduct all of our losses, but we're making the exact same money we were before. Maybe, maybe more. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Kelsey Head. She's a partner at Head Tyler LLP, which she founded uh, in 2020 during COVID after leaving a large firm. But, but this is her her uh, 19th year in tax. I think she said approximately 18, 19 years of experience in tax as a CPA. Uh, she is going to dive into uh, a, a series here with us. I hope you'll you'll listen to each segment because we're going to dive into different questions that I get asked uh, as an operator from our limited partners often. Uh, and so you're going to hear a number of things that I know you've had questions about. Kelsey, welcome. Uh, I'm honored to get this time with you to interview you and, and really go through some tax questions, right? Things that questions I know I get asked all the time and often I have to say, hey, uh, I am not the one to be asking that question of, right? Uh, and so I have to look for obviously people like yourself, right? That that are team members of ours, that that uh, we partner with, uh, trusted experts uh, like you that have those skill sets. And in your case, it's tax, which we uh, seem to most of us need help in that world of tax. So uh, happy to get to chat with you today. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you having me, Kelsey. What about you know becoming that real estate professional? I remember when I was still working full time and trying to get into the space, and that was something I was like, man, I need to do that. I need to be <laughs> able to figure that out, you know. But what does that mean ultimately for the for the passives that are listening that maybe don't even know about this? Uh, but um, you know, is that something they should consider? And maybe what are some of the requirements? Let's dive into that. Right, and there are. There are a lot of requirements and a lot of nuances and a lot of, I would say, gray area. Um, ultimately, if you can get to that real estate professional, all of the, the rules around passive losses and you know not being able to offset income and kind of hanging out there, all of that basically disappears with a real estate professional. And so number one, and you just mentioned it at the very beginning, number one is as long as you're a W-2 employee anywhere um, with a full-time salary, you're not a real estate professional. It just, across the board, that that's, that's the first thing that just knocks you out. And the reason for that is that in order to be a real estate professional, more than 50% of your activities have to be in qualifying real estate. So if you are working, I always use doctor as an example because they tend to be in real estate, but if I'm a doctor and I get a W-2, there's really no way the IRS is ever going to buy off on. I worked exactly 40 hours a week as a doctor and also 41 hours a week as a real estate professional. So I worked 80 hours a week year round without fail in order to hit that over 50%. So you're just, you're, give it up. <laughs> it's not going to happen if you have a W-2 from an unrelated business. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of number one. The second really, really big thing is you've got to document the hours. 
if it's very, very clear and you're an operator and you're the managing partner and all you do is GP interests and your whole life is wrapped in real estate, I think it's probably safe to assume that you're not going to have a, have trouble with the hours. Where I see it the most in every court case you look up on real estate professional, every time somebody has it taken away, it says no contemporaneous documentation of real estate professional. And so inevitably the IRS comes in and they say, give us your, give us your, your proof. And someone hands them a handwritten, you know, 10 sheets of paper with gibberish on it that they've come up with during the audit. So you've got to have someone or yourself tracking, tracking your hours, what you're doing, what property it pertains to, you know, basically document your whole life because you are getting a huge benefit for, for being that and things that qualify, you know, think about developing properties, construction, acquisition, rental properties, the actual day-to-day -day management of properties. It, what it doesn't include is I went out and I'm looking for a new investment in an LP. And so I, I looked at some offering documents, things like that don't, don't qualify. And in order to be where we talked about active participation is 500 hours, real estate professional is 750 hours. So it, it bumps up another level and it's even a, a higher threshold to hit because again, it's a huge benefit when you get there. Um, and so one of the, the big things we see is as people come up in the real estate profession, they'll, you know, start with maybe a GP somewhere. They might have, you know, five or six LPs already, but they're still working that full-time job. What you'll start to see is people try to cut, you know, to 50% time in their W-2 job. Maybe they're retiring or slowly retiring, or maybe they are getting off into real estate. That's when that documentation becomes super important is getting to that over 50%. It can be done with a W-2 job, but you've got to be part-time or, or less is how I always look at it. So those are some of the, those are some of the like big overarching, you know, rules up front that I see most often and tell people that's kind of step one is quit your, quit your day job. <laughs> that's kind of number one. Yeah, no, that's helpful to think through or, or if you, uh, and it may even pay you a little more to go part-time if you can get the deductions and things, right? Like, uh, and, and maybe that's, um, you know, that's where you need somebody like yourself, right? We're going to talk about that uh, in a bit, but you need somebody to help you think through that, right? Or maybe your specific tax implications of, of what that would look like, right? Right. It really is because I'll give you a, a, a good example. Um, say you are a part-time employee, or say you're full-time to start with, you're full-time and you work for a real estate company. I, I see this a lot. You work um, as an asset manager or whatever title within a real estate company. But if you don't own 5% of that company, none of those hours qualify. And so what we've been doing a lot of recently is, okay, maybe, maybe you cut those hours that are directly you know, given to that company, maybe it's 20 hours a week, because then 
I now can easily say I work over 40 hours a week and get there if I have enough qualifying activities. And we say, you know, okay, I'm going to go set up a company of my own that's going to gather my acquisition fees on my first GP deal, or it's going to gather management fees because I'm an asset manager and I'm doing this on the side, but now I'm no longer an employee of that, of that main business. I'm now have my own business and they pay me as a contractor. So we spend a lot of time um, as CPAs trying to not necessarily get around it, but reconfigure and re reset up entities or set up a structure that makes sense because you may be doing exactly what we just said, but it was easier to continue to get a W-2 when all we have to do is switch you to a 1099, drop those hours and do something else. And now we've, we've turned around and we can deduct all of our losses, but we're making the exact same money we were before. Maybe, maybe more. Maybe more. I just hope the listeners hear that. Like you may be making more to, if you cut your hours back on your on your W two, right? Uh, you know, another another thing I've seen people do, Kelsey, is is uh, and and track this down. If this is not a good suggestion, by the way, uh, but <laughs> but it's like their spouse become the real estate professional. You know, their spouse mm-hmm. get involved in real estate, right? Uh, is that a liable option? It does. It's um, for the real estate professional. If one spouse makes it, the other spouse gets the benefit. So um, if your if your wife is managing properties, LP has some GP interests, um, you know, a couple of Airbnbs, enough that their hours are significant. That you know, meeting the seven fifty, meeting all of the documentation requirements, then your LP investments. And I should mention too that there are some grouping rules in here where we have to kind of group things together to make this work. Um, but that's that's where that's where we come come in handy is making the proper elections and tax things that make it all work. But essentially, yes, one spouse can help cover the other spouse. Yeah, that again, that's that's why we need a professional like yourself to help us think through those <laughs> options, right? I and mean, we're gonna get into that. Uh, anything else around you know around this uh, you know the real estate professional status, Kelsey? That maybe you get questions about, or the listener needs to know about. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is, I again, I think there's a lot of a lot of misinformation out there on what will get you qualified. I've heard it a couple lately um, that have concerned me a little bit as to where some of these are coming from, and just making sure people are really aware and digging in a little further. And one of them was well, I'll get my real estate license and I'll sell a couple of houses and that makes me a real estate professional so I can deduct everything else. Well, probably not. Maybe, maybe if you have rental houses and you know all of the things that get you to that level, but a real estate license in and of itself doesn't, doesn't help you unless all the other things follow. Um, that's one that's come up multiple times lately. And then the other one that I've heard a couple of times just recently was some lenders that are out there, they're mortgage brokers, but it's all, you know, commercial real estate loans. Somehow it had become a little bit of rumor that that was real estate specific. And that if you drop to a 1099 and basically the scenario I just gave you, but your job was in that real estate brokerage firm, that that somehow gave you the hours. 
there are specific cases that throw out lending. So nothing to do with mortgage lending can ever be real estate professional hours. Luckily, there are specific cases, so we don't have to question whether it's gray area or not. The IRS is fairly specific. If you can, if you can Google enough and use the research that's available, you can usually get to it if you keep digging a little further. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.